I sat in the front seat with the pilot, that will 100% like, like mess with the flight. B, I am scared to death. And when I say it's a car in the air, it was a Honda Civic with like wings on. Like a, it was a Cessna. And it, there's like an 85% chance that we make it. Oh my gosh. I lost it, B. I lost it. And we're on. This is the Let's Talk Cheer podcast, and I'm your host, Jason Larkin. Where we talk cheer, we talk life, and we talk whatever comes to mind. Five, six, seven, eight, let's get started. Turn it up and tune in into Let's Talk Cheer with Jason Larkin. We're talking cheer, we're talking like you know we're always talking. So listen up, you boy, I'm about to go all in. Five, six, seven, eight, we're on. Let's begin. This is episode number 87. Not sure if there's going to be an 88, but thank you for joining. We have a great episode for you guys today. Today, we're talking about when do you water down a routine as a coach. I also give my thoughts on this weekend's competition, why I left the competition in between day one and day two, and Brittany is back. So we're going to find out what is popping with the parents. And our quote of the week is one I really, really like. So be sure to stay all the way through to the end. If it's your first time here, thank you for checking out the show. I truly appreciate all of our new listeners and you will definitely want to subscribe so you never miss another episode. Shout out to my mother, Sheila, Claire, Sarah, Robin, Adriana, Chanel, Tamara, Micelle, my mysterious supporter, Heather Peterson of Flipside, Pablo, and our newest mate, Michelle, Thank you for your donations. If you guys go back and listen to the episodes in the early days, you will see how our financial supporters have truly transformed this show and how we're just on a whole nother level. Still got a long way to go, but thank you for all of our financial supporters. You guys have truly helped turn this show into something special. If you want to support the show financially, link in the show notes in the description. You'll find the link, click on it, and you can make a uh, donation. However, if you want to support the podcast without actually donating money, two simple ways that you can do that. As I've said the last couple of weeks, we are on YouTube now. All you have to do, watch on YouTube. It's as simple as that. And let me say this, the YouTube experience is on a whole nother level. I dive into it more in the show, so I won't do it right now. But I'm just telling you, watch it on YouTube. You will not regret it. Second thing, you can just simply share the podcast. Send it to a friend, send it to another coach, post it on your social media. That really helps out the show, helps out the channel, means a ton to me if you can just simply share this with someone. Speaking of sharing on social media, as you all know, we're still doing our giveaway. I'm giving away a free coaches training for you and the coaches at your gym. And parents, you can enter the win on behalf of your gym, I legit had a mom DM me and say, I'm trying to win for the coaches because they need it. So guys, if you want to win a free coaches training, all you have to do, share this podcast on your Instagram story and tag me in the post. That's all you have to do. Share it on your IG story, tag me in the post at Jason Larkins and you are entered to win. 
I'm the cheer director at American Cheer, AKSC.com, sharing with you my life running a program, managing a staff, coaching the athletes, and working with the parents. And on the other side of the microphone is a real-life cheer mom who represents you parent listeners and asks all the questions that you parents have at home. Don't be less when you can be more. Be more. Welcome back to the show. It's been a while. You know, I thought we were in... We had the summer, which I knew was full interview mode, like interviewing, having guests on, having guests on. And I thought, like, come September, it'd be me and you every single week. But these interviews keep coming in. But um, it's been good because we've both been busy. But I'm glad that you're back because there's nothing like the chemistry that you and I have on this show. So, um, B, how's life? And then, you know, how's life? What's going on in your life? What's going on? Life is good. Um, you know, always the Monday through Thursday, sometimes Monday through Sunday grind with cheerleading. Um, I did start working at a salon. So that has been like super fun getting in the groove of like back to work now. Um, you know, I've had a lot of support from my friends and then also like my gym family. So that's like super nice. Uh, but honestly, just day-to-day life of running the girls around. Um, I've definitely missed being on the podcast, but, you know, we're back, and that's all that matters. There you go. Miss you, too. I brought those uh, wristbands for you, and I saw, like, kids on Youth Black wearing them. I'm like, Coach, I'm wearing, you know, let's talk to your wristband. I'm like, okay, there we go. I see you. Good stuff. Um, yeah, but, dude, we're back. Dude, comp season, we're in full swing. Just got done with Pomona, so I'm sure we will – Talk about that. Hear your thoughts on that. My thoughts on that. And I don't know. We got a lot to talk about today. Like, we have a whole list of things to talk about. We're bringing back what's popping with the parents. So, lots of things to talk about. Let's hop into our sounds like that question of the week. Party people, if you need fire music, like American Cheer, right? It's like the best thing in the world. It was really cool. We had all those uh, teams go back to back this weekend. Um, in Pomona, all the prep teams went like back to back to back. We had like four prep teams in a row go go in a row. And it was super cool because I was watching from the side, like from the music booth. And it's just so cool when that part of the music comes on, like the this is what we do. So if you want fire music, like American Cheer, click in the, click in the link in the description. And, uh, you know, you get some fire music like we have here at American B. Hit us up with the sounds like that question of the week. What are we talking about? All right. So our question of the week comes from Charlotte and she says, at what point as a coach, do you decide that a stunt needs to be watered down for comp? How much time do you spend on it before you make that decision? And based on the new score sheet, is it better to just hit solid and have a one out of three groups watered down or go for it and take the risk? All right, great question. So when when should we water down? At what point do you do it? And is it better to water down or to take the risk? Great question. If you have a question like Charlotte did, a lot of people don't leave their name. But if you want to leave your name, you can. Um, but if you have a question like Charlotte, link in the description somewhere down there. And it says something like, you know, submit your question for the question of the week. And we try to answer them all. It might take a while. But here we are. So when do we water down? Um, it really depends. I think a lot of it has to do with how much you actually trust that group and how much you actually trust that group. And then what have their hit percentages been at practice? You know, these kids 
We've all heard the term, you're only as strong as your weakest link. But I saw this on Twitter years ago, and it said, you're only as strong as your worst practice. And I really, really like that. And so, you know, it has a lot to do with what their hit percentage is at practice. But typically, I will give the kids the opportunity a a week up to an event to decide I'm going to water down. So maybe we're doing lib. Uh, TikTok to stretch and they can't hit it, you know, it's the week of the event. Then I'll go ahead, finally water down to live to live TikTok. But even then I just had a conversation with a coach a couple of weeks ago. He wanted to do like some private consulting, right? So I just talked to him one-on-one and we, you know, spent like an hour and a half on the phone, right? Just talking about, you know, cheerleading and things he's dealing with as a, as a director. And so He's like, you know, I just don't feel like we are ready to head into this event. Like the teams just, they're not ready, right? We can't hit these stunts. And I said, you always have the the option of watering down. That never goes away. You have that up until the moment they walk on the floor. So if they can't do stretch to stretch, you're going to do lib to stretch. If they can't do their lib to stretch, they're going to do lib to lib. If they can't do lib to lib, you can always water it down to a power press. They can't do a power press. They can always go straight up. If they can't land their tucks, they can always do round up back hands. But you always have the option of watering down a routine, right? And so I think a lot of times we as coaches kind of forget that we always have that card in our back pocket. And so in in the in a perfect world, it's like the week of an event you'd water down, you know, you'd water down on that Monday. You see them struggling on that Monday. You'd water down on that Monday so they can hit Monday and Wednesday, and then you can walk into the routine or walk into the competition feeling confident. But, you know, it happens in the warm-up room. Some kids just wake up and are having bad days, like the group is just having a bad day, or that individual tumbler is having a bad day, and you're like, well, they haven't landed any of these or they haven't stuck any of these. Now it's time to water down. So you have to make those decisions. B, do you mind if I um, tell you a story? I always enjoy your stories. So of course <laughs> I don't. <laughs> so we had a group shout out to Kat, Katarina McKnight. Um, she just got married actually a few weeks ago. So shout out to her, 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 her hubby. Um, but Cats group. They were the most consistent group. This one back when I coached at CBU. Most consistent group I'd ever seen. They were super consistent. And we did double ups that year. And they were our most consistent group. They were point and they never dropped. I'm telling you, this is not an exaggeration. This group never dropped. And we go and day one. After we competed, so we can we would compete and then have practice in Daytona. So we compete, get our score sheets back, have practice, tighten up anything else that we needed to tighten up, and then you know go to bed and wake up the next day for finals. And anyway, at practice after day one, it's just look their double up is just looking a little funky, right? It kind of bobbles a little bit, and they never bobbled. I'm telling you, they were solid, and it's kind of bobbling a little bit and it just looks weird and we're talking to them and you know trying to walk them through the technique but it's okay but everything's fine they never really drop anything that day but it just looks off and it looks weird the next day they can't keep it in the air at all can't keep it in the air at all we go back we're, hey guys do and this is before we walk into warm-ups 
right, guys, do one and a half ups. They're nailing one and a half ups. All right, well, let's do the double up. Can't keep, can't keep the double up in the air. If it is in the air, it's a struggle struggle, right? Like it just doesn't look good. But the one and a half up is perfect. And I remember just being like, guys, and, you know, I'm talking to coach, you know, head coach Tammy. And I'm like, Tammy, I think we should take this out. Like, it's just, they just can't do it. And so I remember talking to the girls and they are upset because they were hands down our most consistent group. But we end up taking it out. They're super upset. And I remember wanting to tell, because, you know, I'm kind of a smart aleck. And I remember wanting to tell Kat, because she was just so upset. And I was like, wanting to say, you'll thank me after we compete. Like, after we compete, you will thank me that we took it out. Because all of this will be irrelevant once we go out there, hit, win. And, you know, once we win, no one's going to care that we watered this down. Right, but she's really upset in the moment. But I, you know, she's kind of emotional right now. I'm not gonna like, you know, jab at her. And I was like, hey, you know, I think everything's gonna be okay. So we go, we water it down, they go, we hit, we win. But that, like, I wish there there comes a point as a coach where you can no longer, it's too late, where you wish you would have made that decision, right? At that you so as a coach. Up until the moment they walk on the floor, you have the opportunity to make the right decision. And once that, once they walk onto the floor, you know, everything after that is just shoulda, coulda, wouldas, right? If they drop or touch down or have a mistake or whatever, you're like, man, I wish we would have watered down. I wish we would have done this. I wish we would have made this decision. And so I think as coaches, we're always scared to play that card. and. And I've just been burned. I have really been shaped by decisions my coaches have made over the years. Now, I'm sure I've told this story once upon a time on the pod. But for all of our new listeners, don't forget, smash that like button. No, for real, smash the like button. Especially if you're on YouTube. Guys, I have to say this. I probably said it in the prologue. But I'm going to say it again. Jenny, our editor, is going above and beyond on YouTube. Above and beyond on YouTube. You've got to check it out. You've got to check if you didn't watch last week. I'm just I know I'm going off on a huge tangent. Last week, Edwin and I were talking about top gun routines, right? And I'm like, oh yeah, it was 2007. They did this. And then she like found the clip. It wasn't me. I didn't give her that clip. She found the clip from 2007 I was talking about and put it in the thing. Edwin was like, yeah, I did this on one of the teams I choreographed for. And then she like found the clip online and put it on there. I'm telling you, she's going above and beyond. So like the YouTube experience is like a whole new experience there. So if you're there, hit the like button. Give a shout out to Jenny. Anyway. But no, but it's like really decisions my coaches have made have like shaped the way I I viewed cheer over the years. So my first year cheering, I cheered at Champion Outlaws and California All-Stars. We were – California All-Stars and Champion are about 30 minutes apart from each other. So Champion is what is now known as Cheer 4 San Diego. So they're still about – they're probably about 45 minutes away from each other now. But we're the only two large co-ed teams on the West Coast. And – and California All-Stars that year were doing full-ups, right? And we go to our first competition. We were doing straight-ups. They were doing full-ups. And after that, and they beat us at that first competition. And my coaches were like, yo, we got to do some full-ups. Like, those boys were good. So 
we start working Phillips and we're working Phillips all season long. And we didn't see them the rest of the year until we went to nationals, UCA uh, college nationals or UCA all-star nationals. And we're working Phillips, we're working Phillips, but they're really not that consistent. Right. But we're doing them and, and we're doing them. And even on the football field, like where you practice at the summit, right. At the, the hotel. I remember there's like videos of us doing Phillips out there. And we go into finals, and I remember this back when it was only like one day competition. It wasn't a two day competition. We had just had finals, and so I remember we weren't. We go through a whole warm up process, and right before we walk downstairs, right this back when it was in the milk house, right before we walk downstairs to perform, someone goes, "Hey, so are we throw in the straight ups or are we throw in the full ups?" And I remember our coaches going, "We're gonna throw." the straight ups. And I remember everyone just being like, all right, coach, good call, coach, good call, coach. And we went out there, we hit our routine and we, you know, we won UCA that year. Right. And so it's been imprinted in my brain, right? First, first year cheerleading, our coaches watered down, went with a safe bet. We went and we hit, um, 2000. Now this wasn't my coach's fault, but the very next year we actually was cheering for California all-stars. But we go to NCAA Nationals. Again, this wasn't my coach's fault. We just dropped. But, you know, we dropped a ball up stretch. And we got second place, right? Balled my eyes out, right? Um, I'll fast forward to 2007. We had this pyramid. We could not hit this pyramid at all. We couldn't. If we were in front of people, we couldn't hit it. We never hit it at any showcase. We didn't hit it at any if we were in front of people like we could hit it at practice but we and it was hit and miss at practice but anytime we did a performance it dropped the only time it hit in front of people was when we went to prelims go to prelims we hit it and i remember telling my coach because this pyramid had fallen so many times hey coach i have an idea that we can do for this pyramid that would allow it to like hit every single time instead of this one part that always drops she blew me off said no we didn't need water down and, you know, we took the floor, pyramid crashed, burned to the ground, and we lost nationals that year, right? The next year, 2008, uh, 2008, we watered down. We we did one uh, front handspring, one and a half ups, and they just weren't good. And so we took, you know, at prelims, they were a hot mess. We took them out for finals. We went, we nailed it, we hit. The very next, you would think we had learned our lesson by then. The very next year, we had an elite that we couldn't hit. We got an argument. This is a true story I'm going to tell you. We only had two coaches when I was at SFA. We had two teams, two coaches. And so she couldn't always – She obviously, she couldn't split her time between, you know, both of, both teams. Like, she couldn't be in two places at once. So we get done performing. We're a hot mess. And we have practice on the band shell, the competition stage. and. I'm like, y'all, we need to water down. Another guy on the team's like, no, we don't need to water down. Then someone else joined my side. There's all the five guys in the elite. The other guy in the elite goes, I think I'm with Jason. We should water down. The other guy goes, no, I don't think we should water down. We have a fifth guy. We're looking at the fifth guy like, hey, you got to be the tiebreaker here because we don't have a coach. <laughs> so he goes, I don't care what we do. We just do whatever, whatever, you know, whatever you guys decide. Anyway, so we argue forever. Then one of the old, you know, fourth years on the team, senior on the team comes up. And he's like, y'all can't decide. Church is not here. Then we're just going to leave it the way it is. Anyway, 
We left it the way it was. We dropped. And we were a hot mess. And we lost Nationals that year, right? And so, you know, when we look back on it, it's like, man, we had the opportunity to make the right decision. And we made the wrong decision, right? And so it's like really shit. That's why I'm a super conservative coach when it comes to like the the routines we put out there. Because time and time again, I saw coaches make smart decisions or what I perceived as bad decisions. And and I saw the results. I saw a bunch of jackets and rings and backpacks that we were able to win because of smart coaching decisions. And I saw a bunch of rings on other people's fingers that should be mine because, you know, what I perceive as bad coaching decisions. So anyway, long story short, coaches, you always have the opportunity to do what's right. I think on this score sheet, you know exactly what is going to happen as far like you can calculate what your score is going to be. I think before when we watered down, we had no idea where our score was actually going to go. Like, is, am I going to drop from a four, you know, a perfect 4.0 and drop all the way down to a 3.7? Am I really, you know, we didn't know how our score was going to be impacted. Now we know for sure if I water down or if I upgrade exactly how that will impact the difficulty side of my score sheet. So that's my opinion. Very long winded answer, but that's why you guys come here to hear me, hear me talk and tell you guys great stories. I don't know what to say because I don't make the decisions. I'm just um, like, but anyway, okay. B. Whatever the coaches think, you know, I mean, like, I think it, like, sometimes it's a good thing for parents to, like, speak up, but you guys should know the coach, they're the score sheet, so I think you guys make a good decision on when to do that and when not to do that. Um, so, yeah. There we go. All right, B. Well, then, let's, uh, and that was the question of the week. So, again, if you have a question that you guys want, answered on the show click in the link in the show notes and uh leave your question and me and b will get and you guys can send some questions to b you guys had a really good yeah. one for b once upon a time asking about you know why she loves me so much so yeah do that and um b let's get to a break we'll come back and we'll talk about our thoughts on this weekend's competition okay Owners, directors, coaches, we are in comp season now. So if you're looking for a second set of eyes as you're gearing up for your big event, I'd love to help out. You send me a video of your routine and I send you a video back of your routine with what I would fix and how I would fix it. Teams I've done this for have gone on to be world champions, NCAA all-star champions, NCAA collegiate champions, summit champions, and D2 summit champions. So if this sounds like something you'd be interested in, you can reach me via email at Jason Larkins, or you can reach me on Instagram at Jason Larkins or on the Let's Talk Cheer podcast Instagram, Let's Talk Cheer podcast. All right, B, so we just got back from Pomona, the Cali crown, and um, let's hear it. <laughs> let's hear your thoughts on the weekend, B. I don't know what you're going to say. I just know you, so I'm ready, to, I'm ready to hear it. Let's go. Okay, so we'll do my opinion, and then we'll do what other parents told me their opinion was, because there's two different oh. things. Yeah, um, okay. I didn't mind it. Uh, we, which if any parents listening, if you have a – 
RV or a motorhome or something along those lines at any competition that you go to, there is a RV park or something along those lines close by. I highly, highly suggest that you try camping for the weekend instead of staying in a hotel. So we went camping for the weekend and our RV park that we stayed at was literally three minutes up the road. It was the easiest thing. We probably could have rode our bikes there. And it makes the competition so much more relaxing. So definitely try that. Um, As far as the competition itself. So I kind of knew what we were getting into because we have been to the Pomona drag races before. So I knew kind of like the area um, Mm -hmm. down there competition. I thought it was a good one. Um, We've never been to it before with American that since I've been there. So I didn't mind it. I thought it was cool that they had some other, uh, you know, interesting food vendors aside from like chicken nuggets and, you know, Mm. things like that. They had some good food vendors there. Uh, It's always hit and miss when you go to competitions, if they're going to have like good, like vendors for bows and, you know, all those other like things that people have at competitions. So um, it was, it was okay. I mean, I know there was a quite a few people there that were selling, um, or there was a person there and quite a few people I had saw bought like these candy necklaces or like this megaphone with some candy on there. So those must've been a hit item. Um, I didn't mind the venue, like the actual where the competition stage was. I didn't mind that at all. Um, so Mm -hmm. it wasn't a big deal to me. Uh, I personally liked it. Like I would go back. It was not, it wasn't crazy. I do think it kind of, I think it's like kind of a fine line because of where you go like to stand, to line up, to go into the VIP or the pit. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was some, you know, kind of issues there. Don't block the, you know, walkways and things like that. Um, But I, I mean, I can understand they have to, it has to be able to, you know, it's a fire hazard and things like that. But I just kind of feel like when you're going to a competition these people that are holding these competitions, you have to know that parents want to see their kids, parents line up, you know, five teams before their team comes. So I think that if competitions or the event producers prepared more for that, things would go so much more smoothly for that um, part of it where you have to walk. Uh, Because, you know, us cheer parents can get a little crazy. Um, So my opinion was it was a good competition. I would go back. I had no issues. I thought it was cool. Those jackets that they gave, those were that, Mm -hmm. you know, whoever won those, those were nice. When I saw them, I'm like, ooh, I hope the girls get one of those. Um, Both of my girls were super stoked about their rings that they got. Uh, Kinsley did tell me yesterday, this gold's not real. I'm like, oh, how do you know that? She's like, because it's turned my finger green. (laughs) And I said, well, babe, I what, what gave it away? Be, I know, yeah, she's like, it's kind of my finger green. I'm like, I don't think they're going to give you a real gold ring at a cheerleading competition. Like, that's very expensive. Um, but Kinsley, in a plastic bag, they all came in like these little plastic baggies. Yeah. I don't think they're real, mom. What was the first clue? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that was kind of funny. My girls liked it. Um, 
they had a good time all weekend. Uh, you know, and I will say again, when you go camping for it, if you can try it once, it's so much more relaxing than you realize mm-hmm. because you go to the competition, you watch it, you come back, you know, I mean, we don't have, we have a long trailer, but our trailer doesn't have any pop outs, but we can sit outside. Mm-hmm. I had a gorgeous view of that little lake that they had, you know, the kids ran around, they had fun. Like it's not so like cooped up in a hotel room type thing. So that for us yeah. works a lot better. Um, so now as far as what some other parents have told me, um, I had two parents ask me, which Ryan, it was funny because this weekend Ryan's like, why do they always ask you this stuff? I'm like, I have no idea. Um, but they were like, what are we doing here? This is like Cal Palace. This is, I, why are we at this competition? Um, and I didn't really ask into details. I just said, I, I don't, I don't know. Like, uh, just kind of, I don't know why we're here. I mean, I don't make the yeah. schedule. Um, so I, I did have two parents that were like, what are we doing at this competition? Um, and, you know, that was, I, that was really all they said. Um, I do know at one point, from a parent's perspective, they were at capacity in our room or in, in the area that we were in Sheridan. for the actual perform. Yeah, the, no, for the performance. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were, yeah, they were actually at capacity and they had shut the doors and they weren't letting anyone come in. And I had a, there was a parent that had, she had gotten in and she had, I overheard her saying like, it's starting to get crazy out there. Like people are ready to fight each other over getting in. Mm -hmm. Um, My philosophy on that is kind of don't go outside. Like if you're afraid you're going to miss your kids, you know, performance, then don't go outside. Just take a seat. Um, Yeah. We did go outside because you know, if you saw me, of course, I did have my little dog with me. So we mm-hmm. went outside um, and we were able to get back in. We had our American shirts on and there was um, some of our prep teams performing. And so we were probably like 10 or 15 people back in line and they were like, oh, you're American. You can walk in. So we were like, all right, cool. And they let us right in. Um, so that was just my experience. I don't know if someone else like they, you know, if Cindy's daughter was about to perform and they weren't letting her in because they were at capacity. I didn't experience that. Mm -hmm. Um, But all in all, I thought it was good. Um, But everybody has different experiences. And so, you know. Yeah, I thought, you know, I thought it was a good competition. Um, Well, here's what I'll say first. I think that Akram, the event producer, the guy who owns the company, is a great guy. And I want to work with people who are doing the right things for the right reasons. And I think Akram has been fantastic, right? I he's he's a little bit older than me, so I remember him when he like owned a gym and when he was doing UCA staff, and he was like one of these guys that was like you know one of the guys in the industry, like oh that's Akram, right? And so he's a great guy. And every phone conversation I had with him, right, he's trying to sell me on the competition, <clears throat> doing a few of their events. And like every competition I talked to or every um, phone conversation I had with him, you could just hear his passion through the phone and just how excited he is. And just like, and we have these and we have this and we're going to give away rings to all the winners. All the winners are going to get rings and we're doing this and we have these cash prizes and, we, and we're doing this and we're doing this. And so, you know, I really wanted to go because of how passionate he he was on the phone in our conversations. And again, just working with good people you know 
And I feel like in the industry, we kind of have this, this war. There's so many people who, <clears throat> excuse me, there's so many people who just flat out hate varsity for being varsity, right? They're varsity is evil and they're greedy and they're X, Y, and Z, and we hate them all just because they're the big company. But when we go to like a non, again, I've talked about this on the podcast. Every time there's a great competition, right? And a competition starts to get some traction, varsity buys them. That's why everything is varsity event because soon, hey, varsity goes, hey, they've got some traction going. They buy them and then they become that. And so all the good competitions, right? Quote unquote, are varsity events, right? There's only a few like, non-varsity events that are really, really, really good, right? And so so here, here are our options. We can go to varsity events and support the evil, greedy corporation, or we can support, you know, right, as we say, support local, right? So Akram, local guy, only like an hour away from us here in Bakersfield, um, like literally. So you know, we can go and support like these smaller IEPs or we can keep feeding into the machine that's called varsity. Now, um, I wasn't even going to bring any of that up, but you brought like, why are we here? I thought they, so one, we went, I, I thought Akram had great passion. Again, doing, you know, I want to work with people doing things for the right reasons. Uh, and then, you know, they had cash prizes, right? Now, hopefully this person wasn't on, you know, junior white because they won $2,000 or junior blue because they won $1,000. And that's real money that's going to go back into the program, right? So they had great prizes, like you said, the jackets and all those things. Um, I think the biggest, uh, my biggest thing, I wasn't a huge fan of the venue. I guess I would have been, I guess it was probably the lighting. Like I don't like, like I think we've all grown accustomed to like these like stage lighting and you know just that production part of it so i thought the production probably could have been a little bit stronger um other than that i thought it was a good competition on the things that they can control right there wasn't a ton of teams there there weren't a ton of d1 teams there i think it was just us in california pride i'm not even sure if there's any other d1 programs there so they split d1 d2 and it's not like they had D1, D2 intermixing with each other. It was like the D1 competition and then the D2 competition, which makes it really hard because we're in the warm-up room the entire time. We go, you know, pre-warm-up, warm-ups, you know, compete. And then we go back to the warm-up room. Then we compete. Then we go back to the warm-up room and we compete. So that was a little... And that happens at any small competition where we're just like chickens with our head cut off. So we don't really get to enjoy or experience the whole competition. But in general, you know, I thought the teams did really well. I thought the teams did really well, you know, our first two day competition. And, um, you know, I was really happy with the prizes and I would, I would, I would strongly consider going back, especially if they had it at a different venue. I I truly didn't mind the venue. I thought it was there was so much space out there with the grass area. There was plenty of restrooms. Um, yeah, there was porter potties, and then there was a, you know other bathrooms back in an area. Um, there was a grass area. There was plenty of walking space. There was tables. Like I didn't mind it. But one thing for me, I think it's 
every year with a competition, trying one new competition every year or, you know, going back to a competition every other year or every two years, I think is good because we get in these realms of, oh, we've been to this competition. We know how it goes. For example, I'm just going to throw jams out there or leans. We go to that one every single year. I don't mind it. I like it. I think jams puts on a great competition. The venue is amazing. Um, I, I look forward to going to that one, but I know what to expect because we go there every single year and trying out these new competitions like this Pomona one last weekend. I didn't mind it because it's something new and trying something different. Like, I just think it's fun to go to a new location w- mm-hmm. from a new event producer. I, I like that. I mean, I know not everybody's going to agree with it, but I think it's cool. You're getting to go to different places. Yeah. And that's an excellent point. You know, we want to be able to make decisions for ourselves on whether we like something or not, right? And so my biggest thing, All-Star Worlds. I don't know who to trust with All-Star Worlds. I have no idea if it's a good competition or if it's a bad competition. Now, people will tell me they love it, but I always get the feeling that they tell me they love it just because it's not varsity. So, because I hear other people, you know, it's funny, because when I talk to parents about it, parents go, yeah, it was I." Right. Because parents don't care if it's varsity or not. They're just like, yeah, it was it was okay. But when I talk to coaches about it, oh, it's the best thing in the world. Right. And I'm like, is it the best thing in the world? So I don't know how good the competition really is because, you know, I don't know how they're being influenced. You know, I, I don't really know what their biases are you know, behind the competition. So we want to be able to experience things for ourselves and go, yes, no, we liked it. We didn't like it because we actually went and experienced it. Um, And the other thing about going ourselves like to Pomona, at least if we go next year, we have an expectation of what it is. At this point, we didn't know if it was going to be the jams bacon battle or if it was going to be spirit sports, right? Which are completely two different event experiences. Like one, we go because it's local And it's a good time for us to get on the floor, to get on the score sheet. And the other one we're going to, because we really want to go and compete against, you know, the best the West Coast has to offer and try to put ourselves in position to win bids and and do those things, right? And just the experience of the whole weekend. But when we go to new events, we're like, we don't really know what we're doing. Now, if we go back next year, we kind of know exactly how this piece fits into our schedule. Like when we went to TSN, our first competition, like I knew exactly like this is going to be a, a home opener warm up competition. Let's get the kids on the stage in front of a crowd, get some feedback from some judges, but it's not the pinnacle of our season. You know, this competition was more, or I wasn't sure kind of where it was going to fall on that. So anyway, so yeah, that was the uh, Cali crown, but I think Akram's doing a great job. I think, I think that that event has a lot of potential and and I would like to check out some of these other events. Um, he has the holiday crown and one that happens in uh, Vegas. I would like to to check out just cause I think the, the venues would be better. But other than that, you know, I thought it was a, a good, and I thought the teams looked really good. I thought the teams did a great job. I know I said that, but I thought the teams looked really good. So at the end of the day, the coaches had learned a lot of valuable lessons. The kids had a lot of great learning lessons 
And um, so in our journey for the season, overall, I thought it was a, a good event. So anyway, let's get to another break. But when we come back, I'm going to tell you about my extracurricular activities. B, I had another, I know a few months ago, we talked about my crazy flight that I had on the way to Sioux Falls. We had some <laughs> more, I actually left that competition and went on a flight. So I'll tell you all about that when we, uh, when we get back. All right, B, so you knew this. I know several parents knew this, but I left the competition um, after day one and went back to Bakersfield. So for our out-of-town listeners, Bakersfield is about two hours away from Pomona. So I had a friend, good friend of ours. They were having their 10-year wedding anniversary. And so they're throwing a huge you know, party, shindig, celebration, and it was really important for us to be there for them, especially because the, the, the way the schedule worked out, we were actually going to be able to make it to the event. So on Friday, no, yeah, Friday. Why was USC playing on a Friday? That's kind of weird. Anyway, on Friday, we get to the event and we're like, hey, let's, um, we went out to grab dinner with everyone. But the USC game came on. They were playing uh, Utah. So we went to go watch. It was the Pac-12 championship. So we wanted to finish watching it. So we went to the uh, hotel bar. So we go down. We get there. And a couple of moms were there. A couple of our American cheer moms were already there at the bar. And so, hey, what's going on? Hanging out with them. And so we all grab a table together. And we're just, you know, hanging out or whatever. And so we're talking about how we're going to drive, you know, the next morning back to Bakersfield to make it to this event. And so Kimmy, for those of you guys who know Kimmy, but Kimmy, her dad like owns an aviation training school, right? They train pilots on how to become pilots. Right. And so she's like the manager there. I'm not actually sure what her exact, you know, role is there, but I'm guessing she's like, you know, the manager of the place. And so she's there and we're talking about how we're in. It's like, guys, no, no, no. I'm going to have one of my pilots pick you guys up, take you there to Bakersfield, and then they'll bring you back Sunday morning. And she's going, she's convincing us that she's going to do this. She makes some calls, and all of a sudden she has a pilot for us. And she's like, no, you guys are doing this. And we're like, are we serious? Like, she's like, I'm going to get you guys on this flight, blah, blah. And so it's going to be fine. It's like a little car in the air. And when I say it's a car in the air, it was a Honda Civic with, like, wings on. Like, it was a Cessna. So (laughs) I'm telling you. It was a Honda Civic with wings on it. It was – I sat in the front seat with the pilot. <laughs> Ashley sat in the back seat, and we had room for one more, so you could have came with us, B. There was four seats in this whole thing, and there's, like, literal – like, on the floor, there's, like, these little pedals, but they don't look like like pedals, like, in your car, but they kind of looked like – I wasn't sure if they were, like, just places that you rest your feet or if they actually like did something. I was like, are those – what are the, do those do something? Like, can I put my feet on those? He's like, oh, no, no, those are the rudders. Like, that will 100%, like, like mess with the flight. And I was like, okay, I won't touch those. I had, like, a, I'm not sure what they call it, but, like, a steering wheel, like, in front of me, like, legit. <laughs> and so we go, B, I am scared to death. Scared to death. We take off. We're flying. We're, I'm telling you, we're in this small little plane. And we're going. And it was okay. I'm trying to hold my breath, trying to hold my breath. And, um, you know, we're flying and we come over, 
we go get over the mountains on the grapevine, right? And as soon as we come over the mountains on the grapevine, we hit some turbulence. And oh my gosh, I lost it, B. I lost it. That I tried to, I stayed composed on the outside, but my insides, like my heart dropped to my stomach. You can hear Ash, and we had like the headphones on, right? Like, and so we can hear each other talking and everything. And you hear Ashley, she's like, oh boy. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. So, anyway, it's a, it, besides that little turbulence, it's a smooth flight. You know, we make it. He wants me to like steer the plane. He's like, you can land it if you want. And I'm like, man, I ain't landed this thing. No, no, no. You keep your hands on that that wheel. And uh get but he was a really cool guy. Um, you know, I felt super safe, secure the whole time. The next morning, we were supposed to fly back with a different pilot. And um, so we get there, we got there like 6 a.m. and we were supposed to take off by like 6 30 or so. So he was supposed to meet us at six, but it's it's six o'clock. He's not there. We're like, hey, where's he at? He pulls up at like six fifteen, and and he goes straight into the little building. And so we're just like waiting there, and I didn't want to like just run run up on him. Right? It's like still dark outside, so I want to run up on him and like scare him or anything. So I'm like, let's just chill in the car. You know, he'll come get us eventually. So we're waiting, and like six twenty five ish. He still hasn't come to get us. And so, like, he hasn't come, like, hey, you know, I'm Bryce. I'm going to be, you know, flying you guys or whatever. And um, we're like, okay. So, eventually, what, we go inside. Like, the lights are on now. So, we go inside. We're like, hey. And he's on the phone. And it sounds like he's having a real serious conversation. And he's talking about weather and stuff and all this stuff. And, you know, it's all going over my head. He eventually gets off the phone and he's like, so here's what's up. Um, apparently, and I'm going to try to relate this best, but the icing, the freezing elevation had like lowered. So I'm guessing that it was supposed to, you know, freezing temperatures were supposed to be a, at a higher elevation. But because of the, some storm coming in like next week, like the it has lowered and it wasn't it was lower than predicted. And so we weren't going to be able to fly the original route that we were going to go and there were some other bad weather things and and this and like this particular plane d- doesn't have the instruments to fly in that type of weather safely and so you know he's going back and forth trying to find different routes or trying to figure out what we can do and all these things but we're on a like if we would have waited like an hour or an hour and a half we would have been able to fly because it would just would have warmed like the sun just would have warmed up everything and we would have just been able to fly. But we're on a time crunch because we have to be there to meet the team. So, you know, we're sitting there like, um, so do we need to drive to Pomona? We don't have a car. We're like in a parent's car. Another parent works at that same place who we used her car, you know, the night before to, you know, drive us back to our house from the airport. Anyway, so we're like, are we going to have to hop in her car and drive down to Pomona? And so we're on a little bit of a time crunch, and he's, like, going back and forth because he really wants to fly us and this whole thing. And so, anyway, but I'm kind of getting scared. I'm not going to lie. I'm like, man, I'm getting kind of nervous, like, because he seems like – he. I mean, he's checking everything. He's checking the weather and showing me his little map thing or where the clouds are and all these things. And I'm like, man, I really don't want to risk it, like – we really don't need to risk it. Like, I'll just be fine. Let's just hop in a car. And plus we got to get to the competition. Like we're going to get to a point where it's still a two hour drive from Bakersfield. Anyway, 
we finally hopped in the car and we drove. Team met at 8.30 a.m., but we weren't going to start pre-warm-up until 9 o'clock. So we got there like right at 9 o'clock to start pre-warm-up with the team, and um, we made it. But um, we made it, and it was great. And, um, yeah. Did, you know, she was – she obviously – or she honestly was like relatively calm. I think our biggest thing was – I think what we were freaking out the most about was the not really getting on the flight or not. It was just like we have to make a decision now so that we're not late to the competition, right? And that's what we're trying to – like we have to make the decision right now because it's it's a two-hour drive from here. So our clock is ticking right now. Like we have to make a decision. And at one point he goes – he goes, well, you know, I think there's a – he's like, we can do it if you guys want to. And it, there's like an 85% chance that we make it. Or he's like, there's an 85% chance. And I go, 85% chance of what? And he's like, oh, that we don't have to turn around. And he's like, not that we die. He's like, no, we'll, he's like, we might encounter some weather and we just have to turn around and you guys would be like really late for the competition. But when he said 85% chance, I was like, 85% chance? No, fam, we're going to drive, homie. So. <laughs> I'm but, um, dying over so that's here. That's the oh. biggest thing, <laughs> dude. I'm telling you, he was funny. Eighty-five percent chance of what? No, no, we'll make. We just have to turn around. But yeah, it was a, it was a good time. So, um, but it was well worth it. Um, I know a lot of you guys already know, but it was Krista and Bryce Horton. I only bring them up because. A lot of our baker, a lot of people who listen to the podcast are from Bakersfield, and pretty much everyone from Bakersfield follows Chris and Bryce. So it was their event. It was an absolute blast. Um, you know, Walker Hayes came out, which was funny because I don't listen to country at all. I went to that country concert a few weeks ago, didn't know anything. I'd heard Fancy Like before because Ashley plays country, you know, at the house, but I don't like no country music. But ever since then, she has become a huge like country music fan. Or not country, like Walker Hayes fan. So now all she plays is Walker Hayes at the house. So when he came out and did like a – he did a full-on concert. It was like an hour and a half set. He came out, and I was like, hey, I actually like know – I can pretend to know some songs since Ashley's been playing them nonstop since the concert. So that was really cool. It was a great time. They had you know just great entertainment all night, and so it really was a good time. So – um, I'm glad that we were able to make it to the, their event, you know, support them and be there for them. And then obviously not miss anything with the, um, the cheer teams. And so have a great weekend there. So, you know, life is full. Yeah. Of next time you can, if there's an extra seat, you know, you can take me with you. I'm, yeah, I'll I'm let you know. Up. Hey, for sure. In 10 years, I'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they'll do a five year, maybe they'll do a 15 year anniversary party. But it was a good, it really was. It was a good time. Yep. And it was really cool. It was really cool because when I first met um, Chris and Bryce, you know, Ashley and I weren't married yet. I went to their, what did I go to? Their um, anniversary party, not anniversary party, their um, engagement party. So that's like really where I first met them. Go to their engagement party. And at that time, I'm just the boyfriend of Ashley, right? And so you meet people and you're like, hey, yeah, I'm just this person. And it's kind of like whatever. And then we go to their wedding and you meet more people. And it's been crazy because over the last 10 years, you know, Ashley and Chris have been, you know, friends forever and ever and ever and ever, right? We're in each other or they were in – Crystal was in our wedding and Ashley was a bridesmaid in her wedding. 
Actually, Krista was the mat one of the matrons of honor. Right. But it's all I've always been like the husband of Ashley or the boyfriend of Ashley. But, you know, 10 years down the road, it's crazy how much how how close I've really gotten to like this group of people. Right. And just like, man, like these are like some of like my actual like friends now. Right. So anyway, but it was a good time. Um Glad we went. Glad we made it happen. And yeah, B. Next time you're on the list. Let's go. I'll I'll, I'll put in a good word. You'll be there. And we'll uh we'll live it up. Oh yeah. All right, B. So let's um. All right, B. So let's get to this break. After we get to this break, we're come back with what's popping with the parents. We haven't done this in a while, so let's hear what the parents have to talk about, and um, you know, talk about it. Yeah, sounds good. And we're back, and we have our Poppin' with the Parents segment. So for those of you guys who are just joining us and never heard our Poppin' with the Parents uh, segment, this is when Be More hears things that parents are talking about either in on Facebook groups, maybe in the lobby, or just like what is the general zeitgeist, what's going on with parents. And so she brings it to my attention, and then I, you know, I comment on it and give you my perspective. So B, what's, uh, what's Poppin' with the Parents this week? All right. So this week, um, this is from someone anonymous and they said, new cheer mom here. My child is on a mini novice team. Is it normal for them not to get placements first, second, third, etc., and to only get a ranking? We had a competition last weekend and did not get a placement, just a rating. There we go. Great question. So for all of our new cheer parents out there, welcome. Welcome to the show. I, you know, what's really cool about this. I actually got a message, this same message this morning, but I get it all the time from cheer parents who go, I've learned so much about being a cheer parent from listening to your show. Like I was kind of, you know, oblivious before, but now I feel like I understand my athlete's sport, like my child's sport now. So shout out to all of our new cheer parents. If you're new, you know, we welcome you guys, welcome all of your questions. And um, yeah, here we go. So yeah, novice divisions don't compete. They don't compete as far as head-to-head -head competition. So what you explained is exactly right. They only do ranking. So I explained this when we do our mid-season teams, so our mid-seasons um, compete under novice. Here's how I explain it. It's the same way like in a classroom. When you're in a classroom full of 20 people, they just everyone has the opportunity of getting an A, and everyone has the opportunity to get a B and a C and, and so on and so forth. It's it's not just one A that they give. They don't just give one A to the highest score in the class, and then the next person gets a B, and the next person gets a C. So in novice divisions, yes, you either will get everyone can get an excellent or an outstanding or a superior. And I guess if you wanted to, like if you in in all honesty, I don't even know which one is which. I have no idea what the highest score is. I have no idea if it's excellent, superior, or outstanding, which is like the highest one. One of them is the highest one. But I guess if you knew which rating was which, and let's say excellent is the highest one, if you got an excellent and the other two teams got superior, then you'd know, oh yeah, we won the competition. But in reality, you're not competing for you're not going head to head. They're just giving you a score. The other thing about novice is that they don't judge the difficulty part of the score sheet. There's no difficulty on the score sheet. There's only, they only judge technique. So you can do whatever stunts or whatever tumbling you want to do as hard as you want or as easy as you want. They're not judging that. They only judge the technique, how 
how well did you execute, you know, the stunts or the tumbling and all those things. So super entry level, just trying to introduce athletes to the sports and, you know, not get them all competitive at that level. Cause if they started doing that, then people would water, you know, we have people in prep watering down to novice and people, you know, this whole thing. So anyway, yeah, that's uh, how novice works. Good to know. Very good to know. All right, B. So should we, uh, let's hop into this quote of the week. Let me pull it up real quick. While Jason is finding his quote of the week, make sure that you like, share, comment, subscribe to the podcast. We appreciate all of your guys' help and support and we also have an instagram now so let's underscore talk underscore cheer underscore podcast i believe you are the best bc that's a good co-host right there like yo jason way went to get this i'm gonna fill this dead air real quick see that's what we need over here that's what i'm talking about b you're the best all right here we go so here is our quote of the week i'm gonna read it straight to you the professional cannot allow the actions of others to define reality tomorrow morning the critic will be gone but the writer will still be facing a blank page i talked about this a couple times this book that coach josh gave me called the art or sorry the war of art really good and i've talked about how it's just about fighting resistance and how resistance will just come to any time you're trying to do something noble or worthwhile that resistance will come in any shape or form or size to try to stop you and slow you down. And, and this part of the book was talking about resistance being in the shape of like the critic, like just people criticizing you and just leaving you like, man, you know, they really, that hurt my feelings or, you know, that upset me. And I can't, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, I don't want to write my book or do like, I don't want to do this big endeavor. And so I read that and I was like, man, that's exactly right. Like, like tomorrow morning, the critic will be gone, you know? And I just think about that. Like there's things I want to do. Like, you know, the, I think the YouTube channel is a good example of that, right? Like we've, we started off and we still, you know, have very modest numbers, right? For the podcast, but over these years, we've watched it grow and grow and grow. And now it's like, Hey man, we've got. We've got a little bit of traction here and now like switching over to YouTube where it's like all of our listeners listen on, on like Apple or Spotify. Right. And so it's like, man, we have like no one over on the YouTube right now. Right. And it's like the critic tomorrow morning, the critic will be gone. Like, should we keep doing YouTube? Should we do this? But tomorrow morning, the critic will be gone and I'll still be there staring at a blank page, you know? And so, it's like, who cares what the critics think? Like, who cares? I heard, and I saw this other quote, not another quote. I saw two videos, um, it's probably on TikTok, but two different videos I watched within like a week of each other. And now they've kind of combined because they kind of talked about the same thing. But <clears throat> he was talking about how long it takes for people to forget you once you die. And he's like, and the other one was talking about what people will do the moment how it talked about how people move on and the things they'll be doing after you die. So I'm kind of combining these two videos that I saw. <clears throat> and so he goes, yeah, after you die, like after you die, they're going to cry at your funeral and then they're going to go to the banquet hall 
and have a feast in your name. And people will start laughing and people will already start forgetting you. And then that week, your job is going to replace you and find someone else to do the work that you're doing. And then, you know, the other videos talking about, and then, you know, six months from now, none of your old friends are going to bring you up again. And then, you know, uh, two years later, like, you know, all everyone is going to have moved on. And so there's these two different things about how these, you know, your job's going to find this, you know, this person's going to do this. These people are going to stop, you know, remembering you. And, and the premise of one of the videos is like, so why do you care? Like what people say about, you know, why do you care about what people say about you? Like, go ahead and do that big thing that you wanted to do and don't worry about the criticism, you know? And so I feel like we all get like that where we're just so worried about the criticism of others and like, why waste our life not doing the things we want to do because we're scared of what others are going to think about us or say about us, right? Like tomorrow morning, the critic is going to be gone and you're still going to be there and the writer's still going to be there staring at a blank page, you know? Like, so if you are, again, this book is really geared towards, he's a writer, so it's geared towards writer. But, you know, I just think about that. Like, man, there's a blank page here. And the only reason I'm not writing is because I'm thinking about some comment that someone left a couple of days ago, right? Or whatever your profession is. Like the only reason I'm not pursuing this is because of what someone said. Like they don't think I can do X, Y, or Z, you know? So I just felt like that was just good motivation. Like, you know, like, I mean, who cares what anyone else thinks? Just go live your life, live your truth. And, um, you know, do what you do in your heart, what you know you are meant to do. So um, there you go, a little motivation for the people today. Quote of the week. I like that one because I feel like it <clears throat> speaks to me from when I had read a comment on the podcast before <laughs> and uh, that, yeah, they're not going to be there tomorrow. So yeah, no dude, a hundred percent, dude, you, you brought up such a good point. A hundred percent. Like th those people can go fly a kite for real, for real. They can go fly a kite, you know, cause you know, this is what you want to do. You want to have fun. Like the critic is going to be gone tomorrow, but we got to do like, why you know they're gonna be when we're dead they're not gonna think twice about us you know so you know like let's go out let's do let's put in some work good stuff b dude great episode share like subscribe anything else we need to talk about i think we're good boom all right guys well leave a five-star rating leave a review make a donation until then five six seven eight we're out. We're out. Hey, Let's Talk Cheer podcast listeners. Although this episode has come to an end, there are a few other cheer podcasts out there that you can add to your weekly routine. If you're a gym owner or gym director and want to dive more into the business side of things, then check out the Connecting People and Profits podcast with host Dan Cotton. If you're a former cheerleader and want to hear the success stories from other former cheer athletes after their cheering days are done, then you'd love the Life After Cheer podcast with host Danielle Donovan. And if you're a cheer parent and need another cheer parent to relate to and want to hear things from a cheer mom's perspective, then the Cheer Mom podcast is for you. Check one of them out, check them all out, and we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for watching the Let's Talk to Your podcast. Definitely subscribe so you never miss out on anything from the show.